y'all. Good evening, ladies and gents, close and distant fam. Let me break it down for y'all exactly who I am. Yeah. That brother straight off from Myrtle Ave. That dude that make the other dudes say that's my man. Yeah. It ain't nothing I won't, I can't have. The haters know it's real and that's why they mad. They struggle so hard while I just lay back. They sound under pressure, sweaty and straight whack. I rock like this because I ain't that. Yeah. Tell the players I'm taking the game back. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World presents the I'm Not Dave Wrestling Podcast, episode number six. This week is a very special episode because I got my man Cameron Hawkins on with me. What's going on, Cam? Hey, not too much, man. Um, um, slow, uh, slow week in in wrestling news. Um, you know, I hope we figure out something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just came in uh really fast in the last day or so. Uh but before we get started to talk about wrestling, let's, let's just tell to talk about what you did, what it is that you do, everything is that you involved in, just in case we may have some new listeners and people who don't know you. Yeah, so um let's see, a good place to start. I am the host of the South Congress Podcast, um, producer of the South Congress Podcast Network. I am the co-host of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast and a regular contributor to a Pro Wrestling Torch audio. I am the social media curator for the Torch on Instagram. I am a writer for Fansided DDT. And um, yeah, kind of weave all those things together and i always have kind of a project in the works somewhere between one of those things so if it's you know making photoshop here doing a video edit here um you know i, I try to be try to be a jack of all trades because you know if i'm not going to do it who's going to do it yeah you you definitely have a lot um if anybody doesn't know uh i would like to share that if this is an anime world, you would be my all might <laughs> because without you, <laughs> without you and without uh, certain things that happen, I don't think I'm not sure where I would be at as far as podcasting. Um, like I said, but you know, I told you before, those words that you gave me were the words that I needed at the time. Um, yeah. And now, you know, I'm just here and I'm I'm knee deep into it. I'm everything that you told me. Things that you told me that would happen are definitely happen, and I'm just seeing how things work. Almost a year in, I think February will be a year. But mm. yeah, it's it's it's. I just got to thank you again, man, because without you, hey, there would be no Jeff versus the world. Yeah, and the biggest thing to me was the things that that happened to you that I said were going to happen. They happened way faster than I thought they would. Like. You um, and, I, and like I told you when we did um, you, me, and wrestling, I just I had talked to you before, but when you got to talking about a subject that you were like really knowledgeable about, when you're talking about Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and I just kind of sat back and let you do it, and like I saw, I was like, wow, he he's really knowledgeable. He can get this information across, and so the X, Y, and Z of what was going to happen, how people were going to react what people were going to ask from you, what people expected from you, that stuff that happened to me 
year three, year four, year five. And this happened to you month two and three and four. And so like, like even though like technology is different and access is different and people's expectations are different, these things happen to you a lot faster than I thought they would. And that's a testament to how good you are at this. So yeah, even though you don't want it to happen all the time, like congratulations on it happening as fast as it did. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, sometimes I also think too, because I was talking with somebody and they were like, well, you know, Cam is the kind of the person that, you know, puts you in position or gave you that push that you needed and everything else kind of just, you know, worked itself around. Like the more that I did stuff, the more people were like, Hey, do you want to be on my show? And maybe, you know, it's because I'm really good at this. And maybe it's because, you know, because they know you, you know, different doors start opening. It was just weird because I wasn't expecting that. And then with the whole thing about the whole <laughs> how I got the name for the show. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was that was, was a great, thing. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, affiliation does matter with all this stuff. Like, um, you know, being part of the torch helped me probably like like get into some doors and like literally get into like functions and events that I probably wouldn't have otherwise, which has helped me build relationships to this day like um i'll be i'll be 34 in three weeks and like i'm having my birthday party at a toy museum like because of having press credentials through the torch and knowing somebody who was a vip with the torch and them having a buddy who knew a cartoonist who got me into a party like like random than years ago and so now it's like all coming to a head so affiliation like does matter like i think it helped with the fan-sided uh daily ddt stuff um so like i do that and i don't kind of realize the reach that like wade has and then so you know i think in turn sometimes like i'm i'm one thing i'm guilty of whenever a thing happens and i'm sure we're going to talk about a thing happening here in a second mm-hmm. i'm very guilty of the vanity search like I'm guilty of the vanity search on Twitter. I'm guilty of the vanity search on Facebook. I'm guilty of the vanity search a uh, vanity search on Reddit. Like I'm absolutely guilty of these things. But then when like uh, I'll have like a video of something and it'll go viral, and then somebody in the comments is like, "Oh, that's Cam from the Torch." I'm like, "Oh, hey, yeah, that is me. Awesome." Um, and so yeah, I think that on, definitely on a much smaller scale, but knowing the people that we talk to on a social media, like you knowing me is probably going to help somebody who doesn't, you know, in, in, on a smaller scale, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, we, I think I make it a point to like with the small amount of interest that I garner whenever somebody wants to do something and I think I can help. Why would not? Because, you know, I, I trust the people around me to do good things. And yeah, it just it makes us all look good and it helps us all. And when I say us, like, like I mean us especially. And, yeah, and so yeah. we need more of us in these spaces. Yeah, because I always and that's one thing I always do when I when I put out a show, or when I do a show and I always remember, like, it's almost I know it's it's kind of sort of a reflection of you because, you know, you're the one who said, you're the one, you know, who may be like retweet my show or say, hey, listen to Jeff or, hey, won't you get Jeff on this part? You know, you may say those things. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like when I do a show, I want to do my uh, best work if possible. You know, the best I can do, because I know it's somewhat a reflection of you because, you know, you're the one who helped me 
get in the door of actually doing this. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Where you know, um, like you, I know you're gonna do that anyway. But I, I appreciate it because, like, not like I would ever have a problem like putting my name out there for for a Jeff who I know yeah, is gonna yeah. do well. But it, it's nice that that we think about each other, you know, on that level. It really is. Yeah, and the vanity search thing. Hey, at least you're honest about it. I know a lot of people who aren't honest about that, and it's just like it. It, it happens. <laughs> you, you just. It's a thing yeah. that you do. I've noticed you do the podcast with Wade like on a Monday night. On Tuesday, you're searching his name to see if your name comes up. Like you just, it's just yeah, yeah. It's a natural like action for me because like the, the 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 point is to build the signal. You know what I mean? And to to have more eyes on on the things that you create. Like me and me and Shahid, who I told him I was taking his place tonight. It was great. Um, <laughs> him and I like like he always like is like see. You want it to be famous. And I'm always like, no, like, I want to create stuff and I want to have things that last. And th- those things do kind of go hand in hand. But to me, it's more about like like having something that lasts and something that exists outside of just the people you interact with in person on a daily basis. You know? Yeah. Um, OK, I know people, people want to hear some wrestling talk. So let's talk about your reach. Uh I'm not gonna say it was you specifically, uh, but maybe it was. Uh, you sent out a tweet. Uh, it was basically about what happened with Jim Cornette uh, during the telecast of NWA Power on YouTube, um, and it was a Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch match, I believe. Yeah. And his comments were, uh, let's see, let me read it. He's the only man I've ever known that can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back, ride a motor, ride, ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. That was his that was one of his that was his comments during the match. Um and most people that I know found it offensive. Yeah. And there was nothing else to it. It was a offensive comment. But I saw you had a lot of people uh coming for your neck. Uh let's let's just talk about it. Okay. Do, is it is it a thing of basically this that white people feel like they should be able to ignore ignore, ignore what things are said because I always notice this if it's something said that bothers a, a, a POC mm-hmm. white people are quick to say oh it's not like that let me tell you why it's not like that. And I've noticed that I noticed that the, some of the things that you were retweeting, people were actually trying to take up for it. Well, back in 1980, well, who cares about what happened in 1980? Uh-huh. Like, it's certain things in the wrestling industry in that time that doesn't stick now in 2019. Yeah. Um. So, again, to provide context, um, NWA Power. Um, you know, it's taped months in advance. NWA Power is on their seventh episode. And so, um, like, we were just talking in the group chat, and I think Rich posted somebody's tweet about, wow, did Jim Cornette say that? Something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. So the episode's still streaming live because they do a live stream, and then the episode goes up for normal YouTube viewing to where you can, you know, watch it a la carte, right? So... I rewind to that part in the video and I hear that. And so I clip it a little 14 second clip at the beginning of that match where he says that. 
And, you know, I posted on on Twitter and I very sincerely say I'm pretty sure I just watched my final episode of NWA Power. Um, I think the average episode probably does between, I don't know, 200, 300,000 views. Right. Mm-hmm. This 14 second clip has 400. I'm sorry, 534,000 views. So it's the most watched piece of NWA Power ever. Right. <laughs> Which is, I mean, which is bad. Like, it's not a good thing. So, to I believe, like, Twitter ratios are an important thing. Mm-hmm. So, that clip has just under 1,000 likes. I'm sorry, just under 1,000 retweets, 4,000 likes, and 800 comments. And so, Jeff, I don't think it's that white people, white wrestling fans want to deny racism. I think white wrestling fans want to determine what's racism. Like, that's the thing. They want to be able to say what should and should not bother people. Um, And what I've not evolved, um, maybe more developed and maybe more understood is that everybody doesn't get to have a say in every conversation. Um, Like, if somebody posted a video of fly fishing right now on Twitter and they were like, wow, like, look at this cast. Me, Cameron, who has not been fishing since he was like 12 years old with his late grandfather. It, I'm not allowed to say he should have tucked his elbow more when he casted the line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't get to have a say in every conversation because I'm not versed in every conversation. Um, and so it's been fun, like telling white people that I'm ignoring what they're saying and that their contribution isn't valued because it genuinely offends them. Whereas like in just about every walk of life, things that you don't have firsthand knowledge of, you're not upset when people tell you like your opinion's not important on it. Like, like, because you don't have the knowledge you have not been in that situation. So I think that's the first part. The second part is and I've stressed this on Twitter, on the East Coast cast, and on everything else. I never once asked for Jim Cornette to be fired. Never. Nope. Um, what I said was wrestling is littered with old racists. Mm-hmm. Like they they that's what that's what it is. And so to to sidebar for a second, like you said, people said, well, you know, nobody got mad about this in the 80s. Nobody got mad about it in the 60s. Yes, they did. They were very mad about it. They just didn't have the platform that we have where we can specify something that makes us angry and somebody have to respond to it. That's the difference. Like, I'm not any type of special freedom fighter or someone who just... Um, ignore, can see the, the fine lines of race and prejudice and has the power to speak to it. Like, I'm not that. I'm just a nigga with more computer access. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that's what I am. Um, does it help that I've cultivated an audience? Sure. Absolutely. But if it wasn't me that did that, it would have been the next man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Timmy Thomas with 500 Twitter followers would have gotten the right retweet and this thing would have hit the same. You know what I mean? So so it's not me, but it is this thing where, like, you know, Jeff, we grew up on wrestling, but even if if you and I saw 
heard this same thing in 1990, we can't be upset because I'm four years old in 1990. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand how the world works. I don't have the agency to voice this issue. And I don't have the access to voice this issue to anybody. It's different. So when old white people and even old niggas say, yo, you're so easily offended back in my day. Well, you know what? Back in your day, there was crack. Okay. And you didn't feel like you needed to stop crack. Like you weren't out there fighting a crack epidemic. So maybe I don't trust you to make the world better. Maybe it's something I'm supposed to do. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's a mess, Jeff. And luckily, it's a situation where when I sit back and look at it, that's not my audience. Like that's not who I'm trying to reach. Like the person stuck in their ways who, who would rather say, you know, people today have thin skin instead of, wow, we let a lot of things go that we shouldn't have. Like, that's not who I'm going for. That's not who is listening to my shows. That's not who's buying my, my merch. That's not who's reviewing my products. Like, that's not who it is. You know, that that's a different segment of an audience that I don't need validation from. You know, like, that, that's Jim Cornette's audience. And he's always going to have them, mm-hmm. right? But like uh, the bigger issue is exactly what we're talking about because there's been decades and decades of oh this is fine oh this will fly oh we won't stop this when you get to 2019 and a company claims how progressive they are it's still a room full of white guys like it's still what it is strange very strange you would think <laughs> you would think 2019 you would have made at least one a one, a one black person back there in the back working, doing something to say, hey, maybe this ain't the move. Maybe this is something that you don't want to do. And and, and, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm and also I'm more upset, too. Um, like I heard you say, um, you've been sitting on this tape forever. Nobody listened to this. Or if you did listen to it, you thought it was OK. It's two months. It's two months in the can. Wow. You know? So the the fact that the fact that somebody can pick this out immediately and everybody can be like wow like I can't believe this like this this you know what it's like to see your video on variety like I got a text last night from uh, one of my best friends in college I'm going to tell you exactly what it said um, who does not watch wrestling, by mm-hmm. the way. He texted me at um, 11.30 at night. And he says, damn, fam, you made the news. <laughs> he said, uh, my brother was looking at the wrestling subreddit. You went viral and got Jim Cornette fired. <laughs> I just laughed because I'm like, no, like it wasn't. It's not me. <laughs> um, but like to see like, your video on Yahoo. It, it's not. Wow. Cameron with a good job it's damn everybody sees the problem like everybody being outside of wrestling Twitter or wrestling Reddit or whoever like everybody sees this thing that's going on even though wrestling is not a mainstream thing racism is mainstream as hell and so if Mike Williams who works for a variety that ain't watched wrestling since uh, the mega powers exploded can look at a 15 second clip and say you know what this not, this, you can't say this shit 
Like, if he can do that, like, to me, it validates the greater point that, you know, this thing that's supposed to be hip and edgy and coming into modern the modern era because they let this stuff fly in the 80s and the 90s and the aughts. That's why, number one, there's still these backstages full of just white guys. And that's why the comment sections are full of white guys saying, you don't need to worry about this. This isn't a big deal. What's the problem? Because they never gave up the power. They never had the conversation. And the only way to fix it is to put people of color and women and women of color, like all of those things, in management positions. And that goes for NWA, that goes for WWE, that goes for AEW, and none of that is a slight to Brandy Rhodes. I'm not sure exactly what her contribution has been outside of press conferences. Like, I don't know. But, you know, one is great. Three is probably necessary. You know, like, you need more people of color and women producing these stories about people of color and women. Like, you just do. And the fact that people don't realize that is why Jim Cornette doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, it's... I'm just... <laughs> I was telling somebody um, yesterday when all this was going on. It's like, you know what you get with Jim Cornette. Like, this, I mean, this off TV, I'm talking about Jim Cornette, the person... I mean, he mm-hmm. throws these rants of, of hate and uh, racist, all types of stuff. To, he say all types of stuff to people. Like, and I'm, I'm talking about like, well, at wrestling conventions. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. If it, you know, it's just like, you know. He's you, sexist. He's racist. He's exactly. classist. Um, you know, he's a bigot. Like, he's he's all of these things. But, 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 but. Like, outside of that, Jeff, like, I, I think, like, like, you and I, like, inside the NBA, right? Yeah. Charles Barkley's super entertaining. And I don't want to hang out with Charles Barkley. Not I have at no all. desire nope. to spend time with Charles Barkley because I know that when that mic's off, when that filter's off, I've seen him with the filter on and I know what you get out of him. And so like I can imagine who that person is. So I say that to say like I understand why Jim Cornette appeals to white people in charge. I understand why Jim Cornette appeals to a white male audience the way he does, because we haven't even talked about like how 800 comments, Jeff, and I'll say it, 800 comments and 250,000 engagements Mm. with this tweet, right? How many of them, because I've read them all. Tell me how many were from women defending Jim Cornette. If you had to ballpark a number. Zero? One. One? Really? One. Wow. One woman. And that was, and I say that to say it was a woman's avatar. So I don't know if it was a woman. If they identify as an actual woman. But one. Because I've been keeping track of who's been saying what. One woman. And so he's already completely turned off a gender. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, and granted, like, you know, we have we have internal not problems, but you know, like, Cameron Hawkins and Travis Bryant are not the same person, right? Mm-hmm. Travis Bryant is a fan of Jim Cornette, <laughs> you know, and does that cause issues um, as coworkers and his friends? 
sure it does. Um, nobody's nobody's like coming to blows, but no, no, no. there are philosophical differences with the guy, right? Um, but I say that to say, like, Travis is not the only Travis. Travis, Travis had an audience and a following before I ever touched a microphone. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are people who who are like minded, like Travis, who are Jim Cornette fans. Travis, 100 percent does not excuse what Jim Cornette said or did, even if it's for different reasons. Travis, like I said, like I would 100 percent have told him exactly why that joke can't fly on air. Right. So even the people who defend you, who are fans of you, understand why that couldn't happen. So like. You have a guy who's already turned off a segment of his fan base, a guy who's turned off an entire gender, a guy who has turned off probably the majority of, of black wrestling fans from what I gather, because I do believe the majority of people who watch NWA Power have Twitter accounts, right? Mm-hmm. So you, all that, but again, I understand why white people in charge like him because they remind him of their fun uncle who told it like it was. Like, oh, I get wow. that. But the thing is, if you like him so much, and this goes to MLW, this goes to NWA Power, this goes for whoever's going to hire the guy next because it's going to be somebody. Why don't you like him enough to censor him to a point where you can enjoy him and keep him like under the umbrella? Because if they cared about him, if they valued him, that that joke never would have made air. You know, like, because we all do, like, my co-host on South Congress, and I know, Jeff, I'm going off on crazy tangents, and I apologize. You're good, you're good. My co-host is a middle school teacher, right? So think about me having, and Jeff, you've been editing audio for a while, right? Yeah. It ain't the easiest thing or the hardest thing in the world, but it takes some time. Like, whenever you do a show, you're losing, what, an extra half hour, 45 minutes of your life after you're done, uh editing and cutting in and cutting out and putting music on and making notes and posting you're losing time in your life right yeah imagine me having doing a podcast video so that's (laughs) doing the video on let's say your iphone and this let's just say i'm doing only one angle doing the video on your iphone uploading it to your computer um Changing it from an MOV to an MP4 uh, via VLC media player, then putting that in your uh, in your premiere, flipping the video, and then putting the podcast audio on top of the video. So, so that's already losing what three hours right there. Imagine doing that and then going in and having to find where you have to bleep every time your coworker was talking about having oral sex with an admin assistant. <laughs> right? Yeah. In video. Uh, yeah. So that's doing it, and 200,000 people are not watching that. I haven't even cracked the YouTube algorithm. So if a podcast I do does 300 spins, the YouTube could do 13, okay? But I still think it's important not just for practice, but to kind of cover all your bases. So I'm spending six hours editing a video because my best friend and co-host doesn't know how to say things to make sure he maintains employment. I'm doing that. So Dave Lagana, who's 
producing this, who's getting paid money to produce this show on YouTube, trying to build a brand new audience, has it months in the can, can't be bothered to make sure that Jim Cornette doesn't tell a joke about the that famine in Ethiopia that killed a million people 25 years ago and a bucket of fried chicken? Like, management is, the, is a bigger problem than Jim Cornette is to wrestling. Because they determine what gets out. Like, none of that had to go. Yeah. I, I just, just being somebody in a management position, I don't see how that happens. You know, because when I'm at work, and you always have to make sure, like, the the, the employ well, the employees or the guards or whatever else, whoever I'm working with, you always got to make sure they, they are not saying certain things. And because, you know, I work on this, I work at a school, so... You know, certain things you can't say. They tell you, you know, you stay away from, you know, saying, you know, he, she, you know, certain stuff like that because you don't know what people identify as. So you got to, you know, you want to yeah. call them by the name. You got to be, you got, you just got to be more careful of things that you say. And I just feel like, you know who Jim Cornette is. So let's, I don't even care if it's somebody who, I don't know, somebody in the back who's just started working his first day. Hey, let me do me a favor. Look at these tapes. Watch these um videos for me and tell me if there's anything that may strike you as offensive. So that we can go back and maybe take this off. How hard was that? Like you said, they were sitting on it for two months. And I just felt like they just was like, no, nah, this is fine. We're just going to play it. Because it's Jim Cornette. Yeah, and, he can't, he's not going to be but so bad. And the wild thing is, like, <laughs> you get the apology from Lagana, like, um, we're aware that we posted something that may have offended some people. It's like, yo, like you're you're not even trying. May like you're actively <laughs> not trying. And then you know because you know we we listen to who we listen to. Come to find out that the reason that they fired because I again I was of the I, was, I said like there's no reason to fire Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette doesn't produce the show. Somebody says something off color. Um, you know, at work, and you didn't fire them two months ago for saying it. There's no reason to fire them now. You know, it wasn't a hot mic. Like, you allowed that to stay in a show. Clearly, nobody viewed that show that was... Jeff, I don't think we're crazy. And when stuff like this happens, I realize we're not crazy because the majority of people agree with us. You know? Um, and, and also, like, I, I've expressed, if if the majority of people who agree with you are white men of a certain age, you might need to rethink your stance. Mm. Like you, you just might because they might have seen more of the world, but they've been to less of the world. That is just how I feel. Right. Um, so the problem is that made it to air, not, that he said those things because we know that's how he feels about things. So you fired him for being himself. Well, you took the show down for him being himself and edited the audio out of it. Come to find out the reason that they let him go is because he refused to apologize. And I get it. You, you didn't tell him it was a bad thing two months ago. So why would he apologize now? Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, not even mad about it. Yeah, like, like you you put him in a bad position. He didn't put you in a bad position. <laughs> like you you knew what you were getting with him, you know? Um it's it's weird to defend someone based on how little you think of them. But that's exactly. 
dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you knew exactly what you were going to get with the guy. Um, like, you can't, you know, if you sign Greg Oden, you're signing him with the understanding that he's probably going to get hurt. So, I, I feel like you're being disingenuous by putting injury clauses in his contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know his track record. Like, you know exactly what's going to happen. And you're not doing him any favors by saying, hey, if you get hurt, you know, we're, we're cutting you. I, I believe you get what you pay for. Um, this is who Jim Cornette is. And to ask Jim Cornette to be something different after the fact is is really unfair. And it's a symptom of the people who have been in charge of wrestling not understanding what their audience wants. Um, because nobody in the audience wanted a joke about Ethiopia and fried chicken. No. Uh, but to, to kind of slide off that, so let me ask you this, because when it comes to social media, it's a funny thing. Now, you know, like you say, you, you know, you retweeted some things back that people had said to you, you know, just, you know, so people can see um, the comments mm. that you were getting. And this happened with me. A, well, whenever the um, Jordan Miles thing had popped off, you know, I said, oh, you know, the shirt is racist. I had a guy who's an active listener to, you know, I guess everything that I do. He de- he DM me. He said, um, he said, I, I hope this is not, he was like, he's, I hope this is out of the way, but could you tell me why, why is that shirt offensive? I'm, I, I don't understand. And uh-huh. at first I didn't feel like it because I was like in the height of just after seeing this shirt, I was just so livid, uh-huh. but I explained to him, you know, why it was offensive because he came to me in a manner that I didn't feel uh-huh. was, there was, you know, he wanted, he uh-huh. genuinely wanted to know. Yeah. I don't like it when these people come with these like smart comments like you know you posted what you posted and it'll be some sarcastic like oh everybody wants to be everybody's like, like a snowflake whatever that's supposed to mm-hmm. be uh a b c or d you should go do this you should go do that so they're not trying to mm-hmm. understand where the anger is coming from they're just trying to get their tweet off so why mm-hmm. you know there's no need to talk to people like that and i just wonder sometimes <laughs> are you just you just white and you just don't care that's just what this guy has to be it just yeah. has to be it can be nothing and else so, so it, I, I like what you said though somebody dm'd you asking you what the problem was it, the, so you can imagine how many times that happened to me yesterday right mm-hmm. everybody who dm'd me about hey i don't get what's going on can you explain it to me every single one of them we talked about it Everybody who quote tweeted, I didn't answer any of them because you're not trying to have a conversation. You're trying to be right. You know what I mean? Like you just like you said, like that's not a conversation. That is I'm going to dunk on you or try to make you look silly. Um, And so I I can't engage in that. Um, The the most interesting thing, man, a kid from Mexico (laughs) DM'd me about what the problem was and like we just sat there and talked for a while and he was like yo like i didn't know because you know his history books are different his news is different his interaction is different like he he doesn't get it you know but i feel like if if a joke about ethiopia in 2019 doesn't rub you the wrong way like 
I, I don't feel like there's much hope for you as far as understanding the world. Like, I, I don't because if you believe Ethiopia is the same place, and Travis was great about this yesterday. He was like, yo, it's a dumb joke that I would have told when I was five years old. And, and that that's two things. That's the news about Ethiopia was different when Travis was five, you know, 30, 40, 30, 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. The news is different about Ethiopia. Um, and the things that you would attribute to an African country are different. Like, you know how much of a sh- culture shock it was for me, Jeff, at 17 when I was going – well, part of it's unfair, and I'll kind of explain this. But when I started going to college with kids from Nigeria, like I'm lucky enough. One of my best friends in the world is DK Kalu. I don't know if the name means anything to you, but his, his uh, brother or his big cousin was Indy Kalu who played for the – went to Temple, played for the Eagles. Um and so that was my first experience with a Nigerian and a Nigerian household. So I got that in middle school and high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I went to school with Nigerians. And all of a sudden, Nigeria wasn't, you know, it wasn't Tim Allen in Jungle to Jungle. Gotcha. It was a living, breathing place with regular people, you know? And that's when I was 17. So this is still before Facebook. This is still before Twitter. Like, like this is before social, before you have access to everything. Everybody has access to everything right now. Like, you can go do a Google view of Ethiopia right now and know that Ethiopia is not a bunch of people in huts. You know? And so, like you said, when people say, oh, you know, why weren't you mad about this joke in 1985? I was born in 1985, nigga. <laughs> yeah. And even if I wasn't, Ethiopia ain't the same as it was in, in 1985. Like, if somebody if somebody in Japan was, was calling Americans pilgrims right now, you call them fucking idiots. Because you say, no, we were pilgrim, pilgrims 400 years ago. It would be stupid. On top of everything else, it would have no context. And so what you would ask was, this joke that you told, how, what is it contextually? Like, what are you saying? Because I feel like I've made my point. Yeah, you have. <laughs> you like have. But no, but, but, but to say it, like, there were people who you could tell had genuine questions and concerns about why this was a problem. And as soon as you explained it to them, it was, oh, damn, that's messed up. And it's like, oh, like, like, there we go. Like that, that's the whole thing. It's not that you have to agree with me. Because it's it's not an agree-disagree. It's, does this thing that was said capture an emotion in people because of history and circumstance? Like, does it do that? So even if I'm not offended by it, do people have a, a real reason to be offended by it? And if they do, then then you sit it out. But, you know, pe- people want to be right and people want to hear jokes. And, and the worst one, were you angry when South Park did it? Nigga, I was not watching South Park. Like, that's not <laughs> my jam. Sorry. And I know it's a lot of people's, but, like, don't assume that I'm consuming all the media that you oh, are. Oh, man. That's, that, so, yeah. that, that's a bad example in itself because... 
South, most of South Park, okay, the character of Carmen, he's supposed to be a piece of shit. Everything he's supposed to come out is supposed to be racist, hateful. So Everything he says is wrong. Yeah, so that's the character. So that's like the worst example you could try to use to compare mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> so, uh, okay, whatever. That's when you want to flow. But we, we can transition to something else. And it's something else that you had uh, tweeted. And that was, um, oh, wrestling fans are weird. Um, I saw that like, <laughs> four-page letter yeah. to Alexa Bliss. I'm not reading yeah. all of that, but I would tell you one thing. If I was her, I would never respond to him again. He would be getting the block. He would definitely be getting blocked. Yeah. So, and this is a great thing to talk about because, like, on a call-in show, it's a bit harder to kind of kind of get to this point because you kind of you want to burn through stuff. And you want to talk about the current events. So, AEW couple, Jeff, I think kind of encompasses everything that's happening right now aw couple is a joint twitter account the first one i've ever seen but a joint twitter account with a boyfriend and girlfriend disillusioned with wwe devoted to promoting the goodwill and good name of aew (laughs) to that i say like it's possible to be in a relationship and both of you be virgins it's very possible even if you're having sex, you're virgins. Um, I'm going to this now. Okay, I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. So you're, you're seeing the account? Yeah. The AEW couple account? Mm-hmm. T- tell me how fast you get grossed out. Because, <laughs> like, to me, and it's, it's weird hearing it from me and you and the amount of time I've put into it, the nights I've spent racking my brain trying to figure out the next big idea. Um... As much as I like talking about wrestling, as much as I enjoy wrestling, professional wrestling is not a cause. It's not something to be defended. It's not something to be. It's not something to risk credibility over. It's a TV show. It's a live performance. Um, It's a a place of employment for a lot of people. And that's what it is. Um, So this whole idea of. I'm with AEW, I'm with WWE, it's stupid. Like, you should be with the wrestlers. You should be with the agents. You should be with what enjoyment you find out of it. You should be with the people who are make, getting a living out of it, not building their wealth off of it. Like you should just you should support the people who have who are risking things. Yeah. Okay. So like because I'll admit like the majority of what I watch is WWE because it's the biggest brand. Like I'm I don't watch Big Three basketball I'm, like because it's not the most easily accessible thing to me. You know WWE is the thing. They have probably the most talented roster. Um, they have the most diversity in terms of numbers. They have the most women in terms of numbers. Like, so that's what I watch. So when I see like AEW couple or WWE fan six or, um, you know, NXT for life, 1988, like all this shit is so corny to me because what it does is when you start to attach yourself to a brand like that, you forget that they're not paying you. And then you develop this idea of closeness and camaraderie with the talent that you shouldn't. 
because they're not your friends. They're not your buddies. Like, do we all know one or two people in a wrestling company? Sure. Like, you know, there's people like I talk to, um, you know, in the DM that I don't talk to, like on the timeline Mm because like we're cool. But I don't like I'm not asking them for tickets. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. uh, Like, like, like the crazy thing is anybody I know an interview or the formula because that's because that relationship's different now because i just want to see them win but you know you get stuff like what we looked at on the timeline today you get a guy who fills out four pages on the notes app about how he's been done fan art for alexa bliss and she hasn't responded to him and how it hurts his feelings like no <laughs> you don't get to do that like you, you we have this thing where again like wrestling is people start to get to it almost to a point of like religious weirdness to where they feel like they deserve access to the people because they ride for the brand and you don't so you know Sasha Banks has this reputation of being really rude to fans. And when you see something like somebody showed up to NXT with a shotgun looking for Alexa Bliss, and then somebody writes this four-page letter to Alexa Bliss, and then you look at all the weird uh, put-your-arms-around-women poses that you see with the WWE meet-and-greets at WrestleMania. You understand Sasha Banks. Like, fuck these fans. You know, like, to me... It's cool to see a wrestler somewhere and tell him, you know, I appreciate you. Can I buy you a beer? And that be that, you know, like shout out to shout out to uh, the late, great Lance Cade, you know, who we kicked it with in San Antonio because he's from San Antonio. But I wasn't hitting up Lance Cade trying to be best friends. I saw him one night, said what's up, and we we went about our way. You know what I mean? So wrestling fans are it. it, It's just they feel like they deserve something and they feel an amount of ownership over wrestlers. And a lot of that is because social media and you don't, you absolutely don't. And you know what the scary thing is? These are some, most of the time, a good 70, 75% of the time, these are adults grown. Yeah. Grown men, nine times out of 10 grown ass men. And it's just weird. It's like, okay, you love the promotion. Cool. Um, you love some of the wrestlers, but they don't love you. They don't know you. As far as they're concerned, you are a fan and you should be, they're going to treat you like a fan most of the time. The guy wrote about, um, what did he say? Oh, I, uh, he saw that Alexa Bliss responded to somebody else's uh, post and not his or tweet. And I'm just like, now you're stalking. You're actually stalking her on Twitter. You're watching what she likes and, and posts so that you can write it in your four-page letter. That's insane. Do, are you not working? Do you not have a girlfriend? But apparently, no, to both of those questions. Yeah. That tends to fix things, um, but then you also don't wish that on other women. <laughs> like, you know, like, you're like oh, I don't even want that for, for, for anybody outside of this. Like, this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, man. They don't, they don't be outside, though. <laughs> they don't be outside. You got to get off the network. Go do something. Go go take a drive. I'm just like, 
it's it's weird. Um, I see that the numbers came out, and <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody's excited about NXT winning this week, and they're waving their flags, and I'm just sitting here like they both had great shows. Because I typically watch both. I'll watch both. Um, normally, I'll watch AEW, then I'll either watch NXT the next day, or, you know, I'll just channel surf back and forth or whatever. So I got no dog in the dog of the fight so i'm just enjoying both but i just wonder why so many people are champion one to the other i get it you know if you prefer aew more than wwe that's fine or nxt and same for nxt over aew but like you just originally said none of y'all getting paid for this like you're not getting anything a check from vince or tony khan so i just think that yeah, so so when when Wade and Jason Powell and Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp and Ryan Satin like when when they post the numbers, right? And they get on a microphone and they start talking about them, what they're trying to determine is why. You know, like they're they're like, Okay, this show did this, here's what they were up against, here's what they did in this demo, here's the content. And so they're doing actual analysis, mm-hmm. you know, like, is it exact? Typically, no, because it's hard to say exactly why somebody is watching a thing. Um, it's always hard to say stuff like that, but they're doing real analysis. OK, so I understand what numbers mean by that standpoint. I do not understand why people will comment under Brian Alvarez's numbers and say, oh, yeah, this show did this this week, and oh, yeah, look, yeah, NXT, NXT beat them, or AEW beat them, because like you said, like, you're not getting a check off that. And if if NXT goes out of business, all the wrestlers in NXT can't go to AEW. If AEW folds all the wrestlers in AEW can't go to NXT. Like, there's not room for that. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like, Jeff, we were 20 years younger during the Monday Night Wars, yeah. and we thought, as as teenagers and, you know, preteens and adolescents and all that, we thought they were both just going to go forever. And so it was like, yeah, I'm watching this this week. Yeah, I like this. Because we were, we were idiots. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like now all grown and we know that if one of these things fail, a lot of people are making way less money. And so like it's not I feel like this all started with Team Edward and Team Jacob. And I've also never watched Twilight. But to me that was always dumb because the books had an ending. So why why are you what are you doing? Like you know how this ends. But seriously, rooting for one wrestling company to beat another wrestling company on, you know, Wednesday nights, you should be rooting for them to do the same number. Yeah. Like, that's what you should want. Them both to do 8 million every week and not choose one over the other because one brand winning um, doesn't benefit anybody but the, the, your, the cable provider. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything. Um, and so I, I don't see the value in it, but I've also stated, like, I'm in it for the people. Like, I'm not buying a... Here's the thing I hate about wrestling, Jeff. Here's the thing I hate about wrestling. 
Are you a, a Jets fan, Jeff? Absolutely not. I don't want to disrespect you. your no. football team. Vikings. Vikings. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Skull and Kirk Cousins, and I make fun of you. All that. Okay. Oh, so God damn. You have, <laughs> you have Vikings attire yeah. in your home, right? Yeah. How many T-shirts do you have that have the, just the NFL shield? No team, blue T-shirt, NFL shield. None. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. You know why? Because nobody cares about the league. Like, nobody's like, when you say, when you say like, yeah, so what do you like to do? Oh, I like to NFL. <laughs> nobody says that. I like to watch football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no people are fans of the NBA. Nobody has Jerry West t-shirts. Like, you have jerseys of your team. And your team is a jersey of a player nine times out of ten. So having an AEW t-shirt and not a Darby Allen t-shirt is corny to me. Because nobody's walking around with a WWE Now Then Forever t-shirt. Because why would you? You know who started that though, right? That was that was ECW, wasn't it? Didn't they, weren't they like the first ones to have that ECW shirt? But 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 here's the thing though. What's the difference about that? Uh, ECW is an indie to me. Yeah. Like ECW indie. So that's you saying like I'm I'm counterculture. It's like I represent this thing that's different from these other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like AEW going head up with the same people who used to be on WWE TV. Like Cody, Mox, Jericho, like three of your top six people are are in the position they're in because of clout they built in WWE. Right? Yep. So like get a Cody t-shirt, get a Bucks t-shirt. But like writing for the company, for the sake of writing for the company to me is dumb. And also, I wouldn't have worn it ECW t-shirt 30 years ago, but that that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> like you, I, I just remember Yeah. I saw that first, the ECW shirt. Then I remember WCW having those WCW shirts. And I remember, you know, it became a thing after ECW did it. So I guess they were like, yeah. Oh, you okay? Well, I, I had I had NWO shirt, but NWO was a faction in WCW. Like that's a different thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like you didn't see like if, if you saw anybody with a WWF attitude shirt, it was corny. Like Put on The Rock. Put on Austin 316. Like, these brands don't love you. Like, the wrestlers kind of do appreciate you buying their merch. Because that goes directly into their pockets. Well, then the cut that they would get from an AEW shirt is not the same cut that they would get from a shirt with their name on it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, I brought that up just because... I've noticed it the last what two week two or three weeks I've been noticing when the numbers come out. Um, how many people are just so actively, I guess, wrapping up wrapping up <laughs> NXT, and I'm just like, no, 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 people. This is why, you know, once WCW went out of business, we kind of had that stagnant. <laughs> Nothing was really happening, and everything was the same, and. You know, it took a while for everybody to get to WWE. When you got one show, just one show to watch, it's kind of hard. But now, like, you can find wrestling everywhere now. 
like the boom period that everybody was talking about that was, you know, far. I think it's this this right now because you can watch anything. Yeah. MLW, WWE, you know, it's just not the same. And I don't think WWE or AEW are looking at numbers like they were back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, I think that they, you know, they they signed. I think, I think AEW's got a longer leash than WWE. Um, but I think WWE, the deal they signed is so big, even if it falls through, the people in charge are set for life. And they're going to have USA to go back to if they want, because I'm sure USA misses, you know, that portion of programming. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's a win. It's a win-win for both sides. But yeah, I don't think they care about the numbers in a way that they used to, because, you know, people don't watch TV like they used to. Yeah. Like I haven't watched, I've watched, I don't know, Raw and SmackDown. I'll watch them live when I know that, you know, you get the the, the call from the big guy, yeah, but yeah. I'm watching those in my own time, man. Um, I'm try- I try to watch NXT live. I get to AEW when I can. But yeah, I think that the- they can log numbers outside of first run to a point where I think they can justify, you know, whatever TV deals they have. And yeah, the, the short-term reaction to this show did this on this night or see wwe had to break their rules and they had to they had to overload the card in order to beat AEW. and uh, no <laughs> like no like 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 shut up <laughs> like it's all dumb if, it's dumb if the reason you're having the conversation is to say one thing is better than the other because there's just no way to prove that yeah and it, by and by looking at the numbers this week it wasn't a tie, but it was close. So, you know, it was just like everybody kind of enjoyed about both shows. That's the way I looked at it. And it, it seems like the AEW has sort of a baseline. That seems like the number they're kind of always at. Um, And, you know, NXT was a good show going into Survivor Series weekend. What more can you say? But um, before the last thing before we get out of here, and you've kind of been speaking on it. Um... How do you feel about AEW now? Uh, prior, before you know, how do you feel now, and how did you feel before they even started week one? And if you have been keeping up with it enough to know, and you know, yeah. So I like I, I do think that like NXT, so not so much like WWE uh, mainline. You know, you're Raw and SmackDown, but like NXT, the people who are in the main events on their television are the people who could go out there and wrestle at the same speed for 45 minutes if you needed them to. Like, I think that AEW has, um, just has a gear that you're not used to getting on a flagship show. Um, I think that the people at the top of their card are treated like a big deal. Um, and that was something that I was worried about. I think that, the um i think that the young bucks have adjusted not even adjusted to tv but my concerns about how they would come across on tv like i think that they're they're doing a good job they're not saying a whole lot but they're doing a whole lot um i wasn't worried about 
them running through the promotion. Now I'm more so worried about them holding L's left and right yeah. and not acting like they're like a top tier tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, um, Santana and Ortiz have been great. Private Party's been great. Um, I do think that, you know, you know, Wade made a comment that AEW would be fine without a women's division, right? And I know what he was saying, and I know how it was interpreted. Um, and one, he never should have said it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. He never should have said it. But they have dropped the ball on their women's division because they do not have depth. Like, NWA Power has, to me, a better women's division. And it's people I've never heard of. Um, but they got six of them, or eight of them. You know what I mean? Like, they have a women's division. And AEW has Riho and Britt Baker and people. Like, I don't count Kong as a member of the women's division, because I don't count Undertaker as a member of the men's division. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Like... She doesn't exist in the ecosystem. So I, I do think that whereas I thought they were going to do a good job with how they presented Kong, uh, you know, pre-TV, how they presented Nyla Rose pre-TV, um, even with Brandy and Britt Baker pre-TV, like I just thought that would be a more flowing, concrete, deeper thing. I say flowing and concrete, that doesn't, but you know what I mean. I thought it would have more substance. Um, and I, I do think they dropped the ball there. Now, as of right now, um, and I'm, and really, I'm probably talking at every level, man. As much as I love uh, Street Profits, as much as I love the Revival, as much as the world knows I love Undisputed Era, and especially Kyle O'Reilly, with the Usos not being on TV, with New Day being kind of in flux, um. AEW has the best tag division on TV. Like, they do. Um, Bucks, Private Party, Lucha Bros. And so, that brings us to SCU. Everybody knows that in our three-man group, um, I'd say Trav's the pessimist, Rich is the optimist, I'm the skeptic. Um, Because I don't trust these motherfuckers out here, man. You gotta show me. So, you know, Rich does the scrum with um, with AEW, asks Tony Khan directly, when yep. are we going to see black male singles wrestlers of color? And Tony Khan says, give me to the end of the year. It's November 21st. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for all my skepticism, right, mm-hmm. the story they're telling with Scorpio Sky is very impressive. Um, and Scorpio Sky himself is very impressive. So yeah. your tag team your tag team champions are SCU, and it starts by Christopher Daniels being attacked pre-match. Scorpio Sky agreeing to fill his spot. Actually, it starts with the first good promo from a guy you've never seen cut a promo on TV, Scorpio Sky, the week before the tag tournament with him saying he's going to defer to his OGs. It starts there. And then Daniels gets hurt, and Scorpio Sky fills in, puts on a great match. It carries and carries and carries. They win the tag titles. And then, all of a sudden, he's in a tag match against Jericho. Fluke pins him, and then he cuts this really good promo. So, could I be wrong? All of that, even wrong all along, but could they be saying, 
well. It's not that we're going to sign a male singles wrestler. We're literally going to develop one right in front of everybody. Like, that could be the case. And so what they've been doing with the tag division leads me to what they're doing with the singles division. Um, I love what they're doing with him. Now, the male singles division, um, which even though people like to play semantics and like to dance in conversation, that is the most important aspect of every wrestling company that is not wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Or shimmer or, you know, like that every organization that is not headlined by women, this is what they push as the most important thing. I think they've done a good job so far. I think Jericho was a great place to start. Cody carries himself like a big deal. Um, If Mox is doing what Mox wants to do, if this is his artistic expression and this is what he wants to be in, then great. Um, I loved him in the G1. I don't super love him in AEW yet, but okay, whatever, right? Wow. Um, Yo, we are on the same thing. I've I've been wanting to say that to to somebody for a while, like... He mocks cool and everything, but I like this new Japan stuff better than like what I'm liking right now. Yeah, and even I mean he's and he's even been black tights mocks in AEW. Um, but you know, that 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 stuff's fine. Um I I'd say I don't know the story they're telling with Kenny Omega right now. And I think that I would have treated him like the biggest deal in the whole world from the outset. He probably would have been my first champion, much as I like Jericho. Because I think Jericho just has this ability to do whatever you need him to do. Um, because he's been that with WWE. Like, he he can be your very best tag wrestler, your very best mid-card wrestler, or your best uh, main event wrestler. He can be what you need him to be. He's so malleable, right? But I would have had Kenny Omega be a bigger deal. Um, but I, I think they've done a pretty good job with that so far. Um, and I think that it looks like the thing with Scorpio Sky is great, but I won't call that great until they make it great. So from from what my concerns were about AEW starting, the only concerns that I have now are how they're pushing Kenny Omega, um, their women's division being less than, and as of right now, them still not having any black male singles wrestlers of color on TV. But all that said, if I had to assign a letter grade, it's a B or a B plus. Yeah, I think pretty much everything you said are things that I have I've been saying the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't understand why uh Big Swole is like on her third week wrestling on dark. I think she did another dark match last night. And I'm just like, okay. Another it's dark good to be match. Down there. Like just 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 put her up there, man. Yeah, <laughs> like put her on it's TV. Like- um I feel like whenever their contracts are up, they got a Jordan Grace or Tessa Blanchard or blow from them. Yo, just, yo, how much money y'all want? Because if you can get both of them or either one of them over there to AEW, um, yeah. Instant, like, instant, uh, an instant boost. Um, and, and a sidebar, like, one of these, like, big deals is, like, you know, Tessa Blanchard's getting her shot at the Impact title, and it's like, what do people think? Well, I mean, damn it, she's, the the not the lone positive, but she's the biggest positive in the company. Like, That's what I was about to, yeah, she's the, she's pretty every, much yeah. the main person in the company. 
every match that she has against men is credible. Um, I think that's a, a tribute to her size, her physicality, their ability to, to work with her, of course. Like, I don't want to make it sound like it's all one-sided, but, like, there's no practical reason that she shouldn't be, like, in the division. Like, that she shouldn't be... I'd, I'd make her champ. <laughs> She'd be my impact champ, because... One, it's not real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, there's a way to tell that story. And, like, if if Darby Allen can hang with, I don't know, like, nobody over there is really big, right? If Darby Allen could fight Pac or Adam Page, then Tessa Blanchard can fight whoever you got in Impact. Yeah. Um, so the women's, the women's, I think the women's thing is the top thing at, that I need something's got to happen because Rio, she's cool, but I think they dropped the ball on the presentation. Like you made her champion, but we still don't know her. We know she fight, you know, she's fighting underdog most of her matches, and that's cool and everything. But it's just like it's a story there that should have been told, and it just wasn't told at all. Um, I've been saying that Britt Baker feels more like a heel. She doesn't feel like a baby face to me. Um, Did you know she's a dentist? Well, that I do know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just feel like it's something there in the heel role, but maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's definitely something that I think, hopefully, um, with time, that the women's division will get better. Uh, Kenny Omega, like you said, I'm not sure I would have put the belt on him immediately because... I said this like my first week doing the show, or maybe my second week doing the show. I just think that the the elite, the whole crew of those guys, they felt the pressure of the internet, of you know, the social media. And it was like, yep. oh, you're going to book yourselves. We already know this. So now they're so conscious of it. It's like, no, we're not going to book ourselves. You know, and hopefully, yeah. I think that's hurting the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny the most. Yeah, I would have went with one. Like, I would have either had the Bucks be my tag champs or have Kenny be uh, my AEW champ. But, yeah, they, they both are, like, telling these stories outside, like, kind of outside of the main stories. And I'm just like, yo, like, you know, Kenny, Kenny especially, because, um, you know, even though their styles are, are similar, like, Kenny especially, like, you've been called the best wrestler in the world for X amount of years. Like, just be that, you know, like just don't, don't shy away from that. Like, because they, they love you. They like Seth Rollins wants them to love him. Like they love you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, okay. He yeah. would, oh my, he would love it. Um, <laughs> and so they're not going to, that nobody in those buildings are going to turn on Kenny Omega. Nobody who watches that show is going to turn on Kenny Omega because he has the belt. Like that, that's not, yeah. 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 You're definitely right. You're definitely right about it because they're paying to see Kenny Omega. This is what we wanted yeah. to see. Like we can go to Japan and see all the matches. We had to watch from TV. Now that you're here, we want to give you the roses. So let's, you know, let's get the ball rolling. So yeah, yeah, you were definitely right. Um, Last thing, CM Punk is back, and he's working for Fox. Yeah. <laughs> any any thoughts about that at all? About how's that show going to work? Um, 
well, we know I know how the show is gonna work, but with the other people like your Booker T's and your Renee's and your Pages who may still be, you know, still working with WWF and you know still you know do shows for them and stuff like that. And Punk is pretty much saying, "Hey, this is a Fox show. Do you think it's gonna be some you know some kind of a messy show? Do you think the show can get um, kind of messy?" You know- I like that he like shat on the Baron Corbin big dog thing like three times last show. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think he just has an agency about himself. Like you can't punk him, you know? And I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Like somebody you actually can't bother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think he's going to speak his mind. I think he knows what his limits are. Um, and yeah, he's going to be, and he won't be on every week. And so I think that, the fact that he won't have to reach for content all the time, like, is also a strong benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he's gonna he's gonna be all right with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we will close it out. I want to thank you for coming on the show this week. Because um, I know you're a busy man. You got you you do a lot, man. So I know this. You know, a couple of hour right here, hour and thirty minutes was. You know, you could have been doing something else. But you chose to be on. Yeah, it's um no. This is um, you know, you're you're absolutely a priority because, in a selfish way, um, you know, like I don't. We have other podcasts like on the South Congress Network that I tell the people who host them that I'm not going to do with them. You know, I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not going to be on your show. I, I don't want to touch that. I want this to be pure and away from me. I just want to be on the background of, of this. Your show, I want to be on it because I know that not that it's mine, but that some of what inspires you to do what you've done are based off of conversations that we had. And so when, when I hear you have an idea, I try to figure out where that came from and I'm more comfortable getting things off of my chest, talking to you that I am, that I am talking to like my friends that I see in person sometimes. And a big part of it is like you and I, have to have conversations we have conversations away from everybody and i don't do that with a lot of people and it's because you know we kind of are trying to build from the same space in the same way like not everybody has the type of drive i think we do not everybody has the process i think we do not everybody like wants to put things out in the world in the way that we do so like when you want to do something i also want to do it yeah, um, and I really appreciate that because I know I definitely know how it is, especially you know, with work and you know doing your you know doing this, <laughs> just doing this alone, and you know I understand you got other things even past you know your podcast and now that you're writing, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's um that that quickly went from four times a month to one time a month. They're gonna get what they get. <laughs> they're gonna get what they get well wait a minute are you getting paid for it yeah oh okay um, well, that's good but it's also like you know how many times somebody reads your article determines how much you get paid and so 
to me, like with the, the output that we're that we're trying to to bring to the world, I'm doing everybody more of a service by writing one long thing than four short things. Gotcha. So yeah, you know we'll get to it. Gotcha. Well, we will uh, close it out tonight. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the World on Twitter and Facebook. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave at Jeff versus the World at yahoo.com. And Cam, you can give them your info. Yeah. Um, so on Twitter and Instagram, Seahawk, that's C E E H A W K. Um, also, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch on Instagram, PW Torch. Uh, the South Congress podcast available on all your podcast networks. It's South Congress with a K. Um, yeah, that's all the places you can find me doing what I do. And as always, as I close it out, Cam, I have one thing to tell you. I am not Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, you ain't Dave. <laughs> uh,